Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we had two things to watch this week. We watched the second episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+, and we watched the film The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Colman, which is an Oscar contender. It's out available on video on demand. Spoilers for both of those films. We don't talk too much about the plot of The Father, but just be aware. Also, spoilers for Jessica Jones and the extended MCU, just because, you know, in these conversations we're having, all of these events are taking place after the events of Avengers Endgame, and so just want to give folks a reminder, although if you have not seen it by this point, the MCU up to this point, I'm just impressed. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion because there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? All right, we're back with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What do we think? Episode two. We're 30% through the show. Oh my God, 30%? Yeah, I know, right. we're already a third. Oh, that's distressing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going by fast. Uh, it probably comes as no surprise I loved it. I What? Holy comic book references, let me tell you. I feel like we got so many kind of niche comic book characters in this that was kind of fun that they could take in really exciting directions that we can go into, but I thought that was kind of neat to like watch and kind of pick them out and be excited about that. But yeah, I, yeah, this, it's doing it for me. I'm loving, loving the storylines where they're going with the social commentary, things like that. And these action sequences are really working for me. I like that we're kind of getting one big one per episode, <laughs> I guess, if you will. But yeah, what do you think? I mean, I didn't really love all the action sequences, I guess, but I, I think that's what you get with this. What I really liked about it is that they're not making John Walker totally villainous. Like, he's very understandable at this point because he's just trying to do his job and he's trying to be friends with them. And they're almost being kind of irrational by not accepting his help and and doing it. So I kind of love that play. And obviously, you know, I think he's going to, with his parting words in this episode, I think we're going to get to a place where he's a little bit more antagonistic with them. But I did like that kind of Shades of Grey thing where... Bucky and Falcon almost sort of seem they're being a little bit childish. It's so funny you say that because I immediately identified with them. I was like, no, of course you don't want this outsider. And but it's taking Cap Shield. And I thought this episode, again, really was flirting with a lot of the really big themes that we think they are setting up. And they were, you know, they're starting to go there. And then there are just these moments where I want them to embrace it even more i think the whole bucky well the whole showdown with the cops right and the you know show us your id do you know who this is i was like yeah mm-hmm. i was like you are you're you're in the territory you're in this turf let's just let's go for it let's go for it and then they sort of backed off right and i get that they wrote themselves out of it carefully because they were like oh we'll have them arrest the white guy you know no questions asked but given the the world in which this was made i was like they would have pulled the gun on him like let's just let's just be honest about this right that's what is what would have happened if they didn't recognize him they would have pulled the gun on him which is a sad state of affairs but I, i just wish the show would not shy away from these things yeah i agree with that i think that i like that they're doing what they're doing but i agree that they could commit more for sure because that that scene i agree that the gun would have been pulled but I agree uh, that the gun would have been pulled. But I do think that like they did go there in some ways in a way that I wouldn't necessarily expect Disney to do, right? So them even like the gun could have been pulled, but without that, I felt like the scene felt very accurate to exactly what would have happened. You know, other than that. Well and and maybe it's just like our collective trauma, right? But it did stress me out quite a bit when they were like absolutely But I think part of it is because we all were so stressed out and because we knew exactly what was going to happen, I do think they need to acknowledge the sort of danger that he would have been in that scenario, right? If you're going to play off of our fears in this case, acknowledge how dangerous that situation would have been for him and put him actually in actual peril because he would have been in actual peril. Right, right. I think, I hope anyway, I think where we might be going here 
is we're seeing these instances and, you know, last week, I think Jackie, you brought up kind of when we were talking about the loan and commentary on what it is to be black in America and, and kind of, you know, the contrast between when they recognize him, how things change, but we're still not going to help you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the, these kind of thematic uh, elements that they're playing with, I do feel like it is aiding toward a bigger revelation almost that Sam is having. Not that he doesn't know what it's like to be black in America, but like we kind of talked about last week, maybe he has forgotten a little bit because of the spotlight he's been in in recent years and that he's kind of going to be re-experiencing uh, it through a different lens as he's teamed up with uh, this white man who is actually has actually been a terrorist and is mm-hmm. on, you know, yeah. and is on leave, conditional leave, you know, <laughs> you know, right. conditional, you know, with therapy and stuff. And to see that he will still be treated badly when he hasn't, he presumably hasn't done anything bad in his life. And then this other guy's always going to be assumed to be innocent, even though he has murdered tons of people. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> that is going to become very glaring. And I think it's, I, so I'm hoping it's kind of all going toward a larger picture uh, story that they're not just like, yeah, you know, going deep in right away, but they're hinting at it all, and I hope it pays off. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'll, I'll acknowledge that we are in the first act of a, if it's a three act structure. We're in, we just finished the first act, sure. and this did t- certainly set a stage. I think it's interesting that New Cap has a, a black sidekick. Yes, like, yeah, the parallels there yeah. were, you know, yeah. And then when he says, <laughs> "I did like the one line where he's like, oh, and and how can it, you know, without." Cap's right hand man or something like that. He's like, so it's it's always it's always the last line. Yep. Yeah. I I did like that exchange. <laughs> like, <what are> you <laughs> like it was it yeah. was it built it built a lot of character in a very short amount of time. I don't know if I needed the John Walker stuff just because, and this is just me sort of bringing my own kind of knowledge of comic world and not even the, these particular characters, but just like of course he's gonna be. I'm not going to like him. So I don't need to invest in him, which is not right. the best way to go about it because you, you want the, the thing about the villains is that you want them to be or antagonists. You want them to be well-rounded, but I was just like, it, he just felt so cookie cutter. Like what? Also, well, have you seen this like white boy summer thing that it's trending that I'm like, Oh, that, I know this is half white a joke. Boy summer. It's on Twitter right now. And it's, uh. people are talking about how, Oh, we're going to white boy summer. Cause you know, there's, I can't remember the last few summers have been white girl summer, white girl, uh, hot girl, summer. hot girl summer. Hot girl summer. That's right. That was last, I'm, last I'm not, year. I honestly have been so out of touch because I didn't have internet until Sunday and then I was moving and all this stuff. So I, I didn't even know what this canal thing was about. Oh and so I saw God. all these memes and I like didn't understand what was going on. And so I had to like do a Google search and be like, what's Sue's canal and what's happening? Yeah. Wow. You anyway. missed. So this, I think this is still more niche and I hope it is satirical given the amount of white male privilege out there right now. But I feel like John Walker is the embodiment of what a, yeah, hot, a white guy, you know, hot, whatever I just said was, you know, summer coming yeah, up yeah. would be. I, I appreciate they made him on the surface seem like he's qualified, mm-hmm. you know, because he gets to be, he he thinks that he's worked hard enough for this, right? But he's never been in, you know, in, in the sort of situations that superheroes have been in, right? right. And so it's like, it's interesting, but I did think it was funny when they were like, oh, have you ever jumped on a grenade? And he's like, yeah, three times. Logistical question. We see that footage of him throwing the shield like that. Has he been super soldiered secretly and we don't know it? Like, does the shield just work like that for anybody? I just... I, I, th- I thought about that too. And I think the shield just works like that. Because I think, didn't we see... Was it in the trailer or did we see it in the first episode where Sam was throwing it against the trees and stuff and it was working the same way? Like, was I he? think it's... 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember, I think, remember that. I think it might be in a trailer, but I think that it's, I think that we're just supposed to accept that this shield just happens to work like that. And I, I, I laughed at that too, but I, say, I see it a little, a little bit differently, but maybe, maybe it's a, my privileged white male lens. I don't know, but I kind of felt like we're doing something different. We know comic book John Walker is created as like the antithesis of Cap and kind of is protagonistic or antagonistic, but he eventually becomes a protagonist for the long haul and actually becomes, you know, is around for a long time as a good guy. And so I almost feel like they're setting this up to be, I didn't really get the impression he felt qualified for the job. Like that, that opening scene when he's sitting in the locker room and kind of he's accepting it and he's like, okay, but I feel like he feels like, how am well, I going to measure up to this? And he, yeah. he feels like it's his duty to do it. And I kind of think we will see him get frustrated with them. And I do think we will see him, it, we will see tension and stuff like that. But I almost think that, I don't know that we're going to see him go like bad guy full, but maybe that'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't I just, know. You know. I just mean like when he was in the Jeep and they were like yeah. running next to it, he said something like, I, I worked for this, blah, blah, blah. I did. And you know, and he lists off his credentials or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because they were so, they were just so discrediting him and being like, well, whatever. And it's kind of like, well, if they're going to give it to someone that, cause you didn't want it, I did, I, I've earned it in the government's eyes. Like that's what's happening yeah. here. And so I like that they're at least bringing him in in a certain kind of two dimension or multi dimensional way that's kind of we're seeing he might struggle with feeling deserving but at the same time you know he is doing the job that he's hired to do and it's kind of a commentary for me on of course this is what the government would do they would just go get some like random white guy to do it and I did think it was interesting that in that scene at the school when they did that whole thing at the beginning and he's out there doing the interview I thought it was interesting that I felt like most people there were people of color uh, yeah I, I absolutely it was his high school and I thought it was most people were people of color. Like that I was band, noticing. Like, I was marching like, band is, people in the audience. This is not a white school. And I thought it's like, oh, okay, so there's this celebrated hero from this school that's not a very white school, and of course, it's the cookie cutter white boy. And I yeah. thought I almost yeah. like that's kind of a commentary on the government more than it is, or this program more than it is on him as a human. But he accepts the privilege. Like, I mean, I think do, you know the thing is, is like I don't think anyone like if they approach you and they're like, "Hey, do you want to be Captain America?" I don't think there's very many people who say no to that who are lifelong soldiers, except for right. ironically Falcon, right? And not only did they get approached by, "Do you want to not be Captain America per se?" Like that's not what Steve Rogers said to him, but you know, the actual cap blessed this passing on. And he's one of the few people who was like, I'm not ready, which of course is one of those, of course that makes you worthy and ready, you know, blah, blah, blah. I do think, I think that's an interesting thought that his sort of insecurity is manifesting through overconfidence in it, you know, and being like, well, of course mm-hmm. I'm qualified. If the, the second, these two people who are the most qualified to question me on it, call it out. Right. I'm going to, I have to own this. That's the only way I can get yeah. through this. Like someone's got to do it. And then, but Sam's kind of like, but why? Why does someone have to be Captain America? Yeah, you know, agreed. Like, yeah. You know, and so I and I agree with that too. And so I think it's an interesting conversation in general. And I, I think that we're definitely gonna get to that that point where the black man doesn't feel like he's qualified for it because of probably society constantly telling him he shouldn't ever be qualified for something like that. And I think right. that that's interesting. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back. I I really hope that there's an element of, and I said this the last episode, so, you know, of him not really wanting to represent that for a country that doesn't treat black people very well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be a great, a great I think it'd be great. Into. I don't think, I think there might be a conversation for that and then he'll come around, which almost undermines it more for me, right? If he just doesn't consider it and does it, yeah. then that's one thing as opposed to being like, I am fully aware of, I, they'll probably frame it as he wants to do it to do better and, you know, lead by example and somebody has to make that shit, blah, blah, blah. Matt, did you die when they talked about Tolkien? Of 
course I did. Okay. I like, of course, of course, Bucky yeah, reads Tolkien. I watched the whole conversation, and I was like, I was like, Matt just died. I think yeah, Matt. Of course, I think Bucky I reads Tolkien. I knew alive. I liked him. Is he still alive? Should I should I check on him? Is he? How many books did he write at this point? Well, how many movies? <laughs> so that that tonally was something that I was struggling with a little bit because I do like moments like that, but the mm-hmm. delivery on them always feels a little weird. Like yeah. the whole level of wizards for the thing. And I just feel like maybe this is just a reflection of Anthony Mackie as an actor. He's not he's not great at he's not the strongest unfortunately i think his comedic timing needs work he rushed a lot of those conversations and they need to breathe you know in order to to work and i think i think it's not his strong point yeah he does not have a lot of range and so his delivery is always the same be it you know we're about to go into battle i will get this person back or like i'm gonna wizards aliens or whatever it's it's just very it's becoming one note and I, yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad about it, but I'm also like, and and it's not just limited to this role because did anyone else see, I can't even remember what the film was. He had, he had a net Netflix is doing all of these like action original movies and they're all starring Avengers basically. Cause like Chris Hemsworth had one. <laughs> he has one. Chris Evans has one. So he had one over the summer that was wild. It was terrible. And I was just like, oh, I don't think Anthony Mackie's a great actor. I- I'm sure he's great in some things. I just have yet to see it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree yeah. with that. But yeah, I-, I thought the line was super funny. I mean, it was good writing, though. I would have, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It was like, oh, this is a joke I really like, but I, <laughs> but have, I didn't hit quite I as hard distracted as I by it. the delivery of it. Yeah, I, I was surprised that it, I was like, oh, this didn't hit as hard as I expected because it's yeah. actually really clever. <laughs> One follow-up point on the John Walker thing and the Captain America sort of mantle. Is this our first acknowledgement in the MCU of mantles being passed on? Because they're, they're are they calling him Captain America? I can't remember. I should remember this, but I... Yeah, I think he said your new Captain America. Yeah, yeah so... He, I think so he says John Walker, our, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Right, this is our first official, like passing of the yeah, torch I think, I think within so. the same think, co- like continuity yeah I, I really do think so because like it, we see we can get into the bucky thing with the white wolf which that came up again when i think we brought that up last week but yep. that's not a passing of a mantle as so much as maybe a changing of one at some point but yeah i, I uh, think so get there but yeah someone just kind of retiring and passing it. i guess ant-man technically right because hank pym retired and Scott, oh Scott yeah yeah, yeah that's true but we didn't really see it as much but with the anthony mackie stuff i will say i do think sebastian stan is killing it with the humor and yeah so far and i'm really enjoying it and i really liked we said we mentioned Battlestar, and that was kind of a fun little thing because he's a character in the comics and the name is kind of ridiculous and i think it's kind of funny uh i love where they were like Battlestar. he's like stop the truck he's like i gotta get it yeah. <laughs> when he's like gotta get out of here he's like, this is too much this is dumb you know because it is a silly name but i, don't I mean know. i thought it was kind of fun it's kind of unfortunate because sebastian sand's character is I I'm, I don't even know if it's better, but I just I gravitate towards it more, and I find it more amusing. It's highlighting the discrepancy between his performance and Anthony Mackie's performance, and I feel like it's like almost weighing him down more. Or yeah, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, yeah, I could see that that being a thing. But I did think something I wanted to say about connections and stuff that I you know talking about Battlestar. When you go into like where he comes from in the comic book world, he and John Walker serve together just like this, but they are super soldiers in the comics they get experimented on. So it's mm-hmm. like, it seems like right now that they're not. And I wonder if they'll become. But what's interesting is, did you catch when, I believe it was when they were talking about the Flag Smashers and they're moving the kind of drug stuff and all that, whatever, but they mentioned that the power broker 
corporation or something like that. That's who, after them, they stole it from. And Power Broker is obviously a big mantle in the comics that's villain, villain, villain. And they, he is the one who experimented on John Walker and Battlestar. So I think that's kind of interesting. And then you remember uh, Carl Malice from Jessica Jones Netflix. He becomes, he works with Power Broker and he's very involved in all of that and actually very involved in Joaquin Torres becoming the Falcon who is in the show. So I thought that was kind of interesting and a little kind of, are they going to go and connect that? Because I think Carl Malice died in Jessica Jones season two. I think he killed himself. And so it'd in be ne- interesting. Netflix, if, Jessica Jones season. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be interesting if they brought him into this, if it was, if that would be confirming that either the Netflix shows are just not a thing or that they are in a different dimension or multi- part of the multiverse or, you know, if they brought that character in. Didn't, um, and maybe I'm just, this is like hopeful or something. But I thought I had read that Feige wants to bring in Netflix first. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't. I, I hope so. I haven't seen anything. Uh, I, all I've seen are rumors about Daredevil. And that's the thing is the problem is I was doing other things while I was doing it. So maybe I don't know. But I was listening to still watching the podcast that Vanity Fair puts on. I was listening to all their uh, WandaVision ones while I was unpacking just to sort of because they have a they had interviews with Feige and Catherine Hahn, you know, basically everyone who worked on it. And I thought that he had mentioned uh, that. But I, I feel like I have also seen it, but I don't know if it was like corroborated. Um, but sure. honestly, they probably said something very vague, like, yeah, that we can look into that in the future. And I but probably, like the yeah, I think it's, it's like, no. yeah, not opposed to it or something, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, it, I probably or like never like say that and was like, or, ooh, yeah. you know, but yeah, I've heard a lot of rumors that seem to be pretty heavy rumors that Charlie Cox was on set for Spider-Man. But the yeah. thing is, and some people are like, oh, maybe he's his lawyer or this and that, you know. But I am almost mo- more. Oh yeah, Marvel. He says anything. Sorry, I, I looked it up, and he says, I think we, I think we probably could, <laughs> which I guess okay. is not, yeah. not, not. Well, not as, I don't know. I feel like he doesn't. Hope for. He doesn't say something like that without being ten steps ahead. Well, so. it's interesting that he's not saying no. We're not looking into that, you know, because that would be a whole. You know, if, if he really didn't think about it at all, you know, he could really just kind of put the kibosh on it. So it is interesting. But the Charlie Cox rumors about Spider-Man, people have said that about maybe he's his lawyer. But I am almost more prone to think, and this will break my heart, but I'm almost more prone to think that if we're getting into multiverse stuff, that maybe there'll be some little nod where he'll just have a little cameo and you'll see him. And it'll be confirming that the Netflix world is a different world. I mean, <laughs> or a different, you know, the Netflix world doesn't have to be a different universe, does it? I don't think it does. I don't want it to be. I just mean, I think that they, I could see them doing that. And just okay, kind of yeah. paying homage know. and saying, oh, you know, but I hope it's not. After what they did to us in WandaVision, I am, I'm still not forgiving. <laughs> I've been burned. Yeah. We've been burned. I don't like it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they're going to be Charlie Cox and he's going to play a whole different character. Which is, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> He'll be like, he's like a snare <laughs> yeah. devil. No relation. Yeah, I know it would break my heart. But, but what, what's interesting about that is the whole, so Isaiah Bradley, the older man who is like a, a cap you know, super soldier that they visited. I thought that was such a surprise. I love that. I love that they went there actually. Yeah. And his super soldier history is actually very close to Luke Cage's history. And I think it's very interesting. And I'm, cause we got Luke Cage backstory, but if if they were keeping it in this universe there, you know, you could really write this in a way to say that like they came from a very similar, like the same kind of, you know, you could really link it all together if you wanted to. Yeah. That interaction for me was another one of the ones where I was like, we're scratching a little deeper, you know, in terms of the race thing. We're get we're getting closer. We're getting closer. But then again, I just wanted them to commit and like have somebody just 
fucking shout it from the rooftops and it'll be interesting because I, I I think by the end it's like I hope we're all like wow yeah it ended up being so amazing that they went they went there but it does feel like since it's kind of maybe like a five hour movie that if this was just a movie these scenes would have felt more satisfying because they would have been more meaningful from the bat from the get-go you know yeah. like right off the bat and so I hope like I said I hope we get there but that scene I thought was really good and then I loved it because I don't think they said his name, but his grandson would potentially be Eli Bradley, who's Patriot, who is a big member of the Young Avengers. And I very much hope we're getting the Young Avengers. It seems that we probably are. But well, the thing is, if we're not getting the Young Avengers, screw you. Because <laughs> like, they're really going there. <laughs> really going there. And then just Between... for context, yeah, I was like, for context, so the Young Avengers, we do have the, it's the kids of Wanda and yeah, Vision. So we've got, mm-hmm. Yeah, Wicked and Speed, so Tommy and Billy, and then uh-huh. we've got Cassie Lang, who will, who will be an Ant-Man, so Ant-Man's daughter. She uses the Ant-Man giant man. Okay. Kate Bishop, so who will be in Hawkeye. Right. Kate Bishop, and then... And then yeah, we have Eli Ms. Bradley. Marvel. Yeah, and Ms. Marvel's oh, not yeah. really part of the Young Avengers, but I think they'll put her in there, because why right. not? Right, and then know? I also think America Chavez, right? They announced that, too. Yeah, and she... If they, I, well, I She's guess I in the say, newest version. The newer the, version, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they did announce America Chavez is going to be, I think, in Captain Marvel, too. And so we've got them going. And now if this was Eli Bradley, which it would make sense if it was, there was Patriot there. You're only really of the original members. You're only really missing it. Or, well, I shouldn't say original, but the ones that I know <laughs> very well from like the mid to the 2000s, but following Wanda's story and things like that. And, you know, getting into that whole children's crusade, which is a wonderful line of comics that I like. But you're getting into most of them being included already. And we're getting Kang the Conqueror in uh, Ant-Man as well. And Kang goes into the time stream or whatever with the multiverse stuff. And he finds a way to become a younger person and try to be good. And he starts the Young Avengers as Iron Man. So I don't I know if they'll go there. Actually, I, th- cool. I think it would be fairly clever if they do... Young Avengers before introducing a new Avengers team. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. Honestly, I could see it being like a Disney Plus play, yeah. given yeah. that I think, we're I getting older than well, yeah. I think it's also a play to get a younger audience interested in the Marvel movies. Again, Which, you know. Although, what was the? Oh my God, what was the last one they did? Oh, I, I don't even want to talk about Runaways. That was a. Because oh. <laughs> that's those, the, those are those Hulu, are ones right? I actually like, and I just I just didn't feel it. Like it was well executed on. Yeah, I think it was Hulu. Yeah, the Runaways is great. I think the first season was like, all right. I think. I mean, I think we talked about this. It took so long to get to. Oh, I tapped out pretty early because I was just like, this is. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it just took a really long time to get to the point where they were the actual Runaways. (laughs) Um, They didn't run away until I think the season finale. Well, that's such false advertising. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of things like that that'll be stuffed under the rug, Inhumans included, things like that. We're just Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of seems like it's just kind of going away, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. You know, I think it's also just really hard with any young, anyone centered around young characters, because you either have to get actors who are in their 20s and look 17 in order to play it well, or you risk, you know, well, having to... longevity. Yeah, or you have to, or you well, risk having... And a... also, anyone under 18 is a nightmare to film, because... Yeah. The roles are so ridiculous. Right. So yeah. yeah, and the people they've cast for a lot of them, I mean, they are going older. It seems obviously. I think if we got Wicked and Speed, I think they would recast them because they would age. You know, yeah. You saw they did Which that. They, so yeah, they have that. They have that yeah. ability. They they set that up. When they do come back in, like not to get too. I mean, I know we're all nerds here, but to get too nerd. But like when they do come back, they they are born. They are born, but the essence of. Billy and Tommy go into them, you know, so it's like they are born and grow up under other families and then they learn that Wanda is actually their mother. 
but we could see a thing where maybe they'll accelerate speed. Maybe they'll grow up fast, but we don't, who knows how they'll do it, but yeah. we don't know when they'll do it either. But depending where Dr. Strange goes with Wanda's story. And, you know, we've talked about, is she going to be full villain? Like what's been going on? And it seems to be very, let me get my kids back focused. Children's Crusade, that comic line I mentioned, tackles that exactly. So it's something where you really could find a really cool way to introduce a new team being the Young Avengers via Wanda in a way that could really invest people. And yeah. I think that, that would be really smart to do. That looks like what they're doing. But, I mean, I guess we don't know yet. Yep. Yeah, I think my remaining question for this week is, or in general, where do we think it's going in terms of the greater MCU? Like, Wanda, I felt like, aggressively set up a lot of options for how it will impact the MCU or even the other series. This one, I'm like, oh, this feels, for better or for worse, more self-contained. Yeah. Unless we're setting up Flag Smasher as the next sort of Hydra-esque entity, how is this show going to play in? Or is it not? Which is also fine, I think. I'm okay with the slightly more self-contained backstory stuff. Not backstory, because they were six months after the snap, but or the blip. I've seen some people, I haven't really read much into anything, but I do, I, I see some people talking about having pretty big theories about the Thunderbolts, another team kind of being spawned out of mm. this, which Baron yeah, Zemo could. actually leads mm. for a long time. And I don't know if that's the direction they're going in or not, but I, we, we do know Baron Zemo is going to have some sort of hefty role in this. And that'd be interesting. But I, I honestly kind of see this being Sam and Bucky's kind of moments to really become the heroes that will kind of lead this next phase of Avengers in a way where by the end of this, I think Sam will be taking up the cat mantle and we'll say, I'm going to do this and in whatever way he can. I, I kind of feel like Bucky might, he might abandon the winter soldier and leave it in his past as a thing that that was who he was. And I think he might start going after this white wolf mantle. And I wouldn't be shocked if we saw him in the next Black Panther, to be honest. Oh, now yeah, the white wolf kind of takes a more villainous turn. I feel in those, but I don't think you don't have to the story here at all. It's not the same guy anyway. Yeah. I mean, they've never followed the comics exactly anyway. Right. Right. And, and honestly, they kind of did the White Wolf storyline in a way similar to kind of what they did with Killmonger. For context in the comics, from what I know, I haven't read a ton of them, but White Wolf gets adopted by King T'Chaka after his parents die in a plane crash near Wakanda. And he gets raised but knows he can never be the Black Panther and the king of Wakanda mm-hmm. and always wants to be and tries to, you know, out, outdo kind of the Loki Thor thing they went with to try to outdo, yeah. you know, T'Challa, who's going to be the mantle. And eventually kind of goes rogue and whatever and does eventually try to kill T'Challa. But I just, I don't think they'll go there. But I think that that would be interest, an interesting arc to kind of say, he's dealing with trying to find a new identity and feels like that will be his, he'll find a, he'll find closure here, I think, and kind of be like, I am now going to be a, a do-gooder, <laughs> you know. In that story, though, is it Bucky? No, it's a different character. Oh, okay, because I, I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different guy. I actually don't even remember his name fully, but. Totally different guy. I've only encountered him in some stuff, but I, I know that about him. But I could see them kind of give him the mantle and just kind of a, a change here. I think that when Sam does decide, okay, I will take up the cap mantle and kind of figure that out. And I don't know what that means for John Walker and what all this means. I do think I, I could see it being a situation where he then is trying to get his uh, his new team of Avengers together. And that might include... We don't know what's going on in the next Thor film. And we've got Lady Thor. And we've got all kinds of different stuff going on. We don't know what any of that means for anything. But, you know, yeah. Jackie, I think, is a little more well-versed on Jane Jane Thor stories. But, I, you know, she is of Earth. So, <laughs> I think I, that'd be kind of cool. It just, kind of uh, going there. But. 
it worries me a little bit because we've got Mackie. And again, it's, I, he's not yeah. terrible, but I'm just like, and not that Chris Evans was, is, was whatever, a spectacular actor, but it's a heavy mantle to bear, it, you mm-hmm. know, being the lead of this mega franchise with all of these people in it. And I don't know if he's positioned to be the strongest lead we could have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that that will be interesting to see where it goes because if he does decide he's going to try to take up the mantle by the end of this, the character arc we're going to be seeing, I think, is going to require some some acting. Yeah, and my and so we'll see how it ha- how it's handled. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, like it's not just like a you know, it's got to have heart. I know. So. I hope he has it in him, but you know, it's possible he's just not comedic. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the I just I he delivers his earnest lines the same way is what worries me. And th- but the the no. one thing I do not want to see at the end of this is Bucky getting the shield and not that Bucky you know but just because like again you're setting up this whole context of race and all this stuff you can't give it to the white guy again because you've already got John Walker too like we're setting it up you can't yeah all right well we'll see we'll see with next week Uh, yeah I think we're safe I I don't want to eat my words later but I think we're safe from Bucky I I agree I think they've I don't think he wants anywhere near it and he's the one guilting Sam being like he have Steve wanted this for you and you're turning it away so I don't think Bucky would step in and be like okay I'll do it you know because Steve would have said Bucky you do you know, I think there's a world in which Bucky, especially if John Walker turns very quickly evil in this, I think Bucky would do it to, you know, if, if I think he'd do it if Sam was like, I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it. Or if Sam died or something, I think he would like do it. But I think as long as I think Sam will have to come around and I think he will do it, you know, yeah, I, so I think we're safe from that. But we'll see. I hope. <laughs> cool. And then the other thing Matt and I watched was The Father. The Father. The Father. with Anton- Anthony. Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Yeah. Anthony Sir, Hopkins. Sir Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. But I think his name either is Anthony Hopkins, isn't it? Is it? Anthony? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He is Anthony in the movie. Oh, I've been saying it. I've been saying it wrong forever. Oh. I, I hope I, Oscar Oscar contender. I felt like it was kind of like it's one of those movies where there wasn't a huge four year consideration campaign because I think they knew they were just going to get nominated because it's just Oscar bait. Mm hmm. Matt, thoughts? I would agree with that. I had an interesting time watching this. It's it's interesting because I literally watched it right leading up this. to recording this. Yeah. So like I was kind of in a little fresh. bit of a funk right before recording this because oh, it, yeah. it kind of hit me. Yeah. Like, you know, just for context, as Jackie, I don't, I won't, I won't spoil if you do want to watch, but he is suffering from dementia, and Olivia Coleman is his daughter, and it's kind of just about him. And his experience in these days in his life and trying to kind of rejecting everything that's happening and kind of an interesting ex- exploration of what's going on in his head, actually, in a way. Is that too spoilery? I don't know. Do no, I, don't know. Think <laughs> but, yeah. I think it's, it's just it plays, and, with, it plays with memory is what the film yeah, comes down to. And like, I think for me, it resonated in a way that was really heavy because, as you both know, both my grandmas passed away last summer. Right. Like the same month. And one of them actually had a form of dementia. The other one who was like my best friend, she did not have dementia, but she had some severe memory loss from old age and uh, after having a stroke. And this kind of dealt with a lot of things that were like, oh my God, it kind of made me like understand certain things that I would watch my one grandma who had a form of dementia going through. And when we talk about Oscar bait for these roles, Coleman, I thought she did a perfectly fine job. I do not think the role is a role that should be nominated for an Oscar. I think she did everything that she should do for the role, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like something where I'm like, give her an award. I did think Mr. Hopkins was pretty great in it, though, because he had a lot Sir, of... Sir he's Hopkins. Always in, Sir. Sir Hopkins. He's always, and he's always himself, but I was just noticing a lot of little like subtle things, the way he'd move his eyes and he'd blink a lot and the way he would look around like this. And I, it was just like, oh my God, I was like watching my grandma. It was nuts. It was like there were certain things where I was like, he... 
and maybe it's just that he's old i don't know but he he like i felt like he studied hardcore like what people with dementia act like and it was like whoa yeah, you know, I'm um, I'm fully with you. I I it's something that several both sides of my family suffer from and I've had you know my great grandmother had it, my grandmother has it, you know, it's it's very scary to me and like I'm also just constantly worried for my parents, right? I'm like looking out, I'm like, "Oh, it's, did you forget this because you were forgetful for today or did you forget this because it's starting?" Yeah. So I live in constant terror of it and I get very emotional about it and so anytime a film is about it so actually i jackie i don't know if this is in your family at all or if it's something you've had to deal with but i'd be curious i i want to hear somebody who hasn't had this in their family talk about it because i'm like it's just an auto tearjerker for me if you bring this stuff Mm -hmm. up and so and then if you don't do it well you don't do it well but if you do it well i'm just of course anthony hopkins did it well even even his worst day probably is still gonna do it well sure yeah I actually don't have a family history of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucky you. But I mean. <laughs> Fantastic. But the thing is, is like my grandpa died when he was like 55, which is pretty young. And then my one grandpa died when he was like 40. So I never actually oh, meet him. So both my grandpa died, died pretty young. And then one grandma, she was 70 when she died, which is still vaguely young. And so she hadn't gotten it yet. And then I do have one grandma who's like 90. Five. Okay, well, that's just impressive. Gotten it, yet. yeah. Good for her. Yeah. No, I so, love that, and that's so. So I've yeah, got one one longevity, brutal. and the rest of it is no. Um, yeah, because it's just the most. It's just so brutal, and it's like honestly, even watching you know the daughter caring for him, it was like my aunt who was just bending over backwards caring for my one grandmother who actually had the dementia, and then my mom watching her and my grandma, my other grandma's final months, kind of caring for her and seeing the the kind of the, the thing, the treatments and the things that were going on and, and with between him and her. And it was just, it was hitting way too close to home in a way where I thought it was really well done. And I thought that it was really subtle. I didn't, they didn't really like spoon feed you a bunch of stuff and over explain what was going on. You kind of are left. I, I felt kind of left with piecing some pieces together on understanding what you were watching for some of it. Cause it is a little confusing at parts. Yeah. But it didn't feel like it overdid it. I think know? it helps. Uh, this is so silly sounding, but I think it helped that it's British because I feel like if this had been an American film, it would have been like beat you over the head like, gee, dad, don't you remember that? Like, blah, blah, blah. As opposed to British people who just want to acknowledge things. 100%. I think it helped add to sort of the feeling of dealing with that, right? Where it's just like, oh, well, if you don't acknowledge this and we aren't being open about it, or maybe you're not speaking the same language in terms of like, or time frame or whatever it was. I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was very well done. It made me sad. Yeah. But there, there's some like joyous-ish moments in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I laughed a couple times and he was charming even though he was mean sometimes. And it was like, but that's the truth. That's how it is, you know? Yeah. But to your point, my one of my favorite things about that was the final shot. There's a photo framed on a, on a nightstand that actually has some information that is kind of like, oh, okay. On it, a little bit about a little thing you might be wondering during the film, but they don't zoom in on it. It's just like panning across and you don't like necessarily sit there and see like to confirm like, oh, okay there's that person or that person, you know, like it just was there. And it's like those little subtle things that if you're really watching, you really understand exactly what he was going through. But it's just while you're watching it, you're kind of trying to like figure out exactly what was going on. Sometimes, I don't know. It was, it was, I thought it was really powerful, but probably not something that I'll watch frequently because it Nope, I will never watch this again. Yeah, it was, it was not. But I think, I think the most interesting thing for me, not about the film, uh, but just, you know, it did get a bunch of Oscar nods and I, really just aside from getting sent the for your consideration screeners i've seen plenty other films work harder to try and get nods this year and i think they just knew they were like they just knew yeah which is which is they knew what they had 
they knew what they had and also yeah. i think given this year they that's defi- what i mean it's they like, definitely they're like we don't have to spend this money we're good i think given the two actors i think that they're bound to get nods no matter what you know and so i think i mean olivia coleman could that, do almost anything these days and get and get a nod yeah it's well it's funny because i said when I saw Nomadland, I was like, Francis McDormand's going to get a nod for shitting in a bucket. Yeah. And with Olivia Coleman, I'm like, Olivia Coleman could sneeze or yeah. could poop in a bucket and get an Oscar nod and probably yeah. deserve them. I don't know. I don't know if they do. But yeah. I mean, they're both they're both fantastic. I just think it's one of those situations here. The role was not. No, the role was not. Big she enough wasn't to... the focus enough. She wasn't. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't that moment. She had moments that I felt emotional for her, but there were not. Not that everything has to be about, oh, could you cry? But it's the thing where it's, yeah, the role just wasn't this, it wasn't about her. You know, yeah. like it was, she was, it was about him. And so it was his movie. And it's not to say, I, I, is she best actress or supporting? I'm I think she's sure. supporting. It's supporting, which is good. But you watch something like Doubt, right? And Viola Davis and that whole thing. But she slaughtered every minute of that scene. Like she was all over. She came in and left an impression and then left. And it was like, oh, she got it. She got, you know, all this, all this attention for like five minutes of film. But it was like, it was so powerful. And so you kind of, you go, okay, I, I, I like that for her. But this was just, okay. it was a very, she did it perfectly, but it just didn't require a ton, it felt. So it's like, should that be an Oscar? I don't know. Anthony, I would nominate him for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad if he won. Uh, I thought about that. I was thinking about it, but I was like, I... I mean, I think it's Bozeman, whether or not. I think it will be, too. You know, however you feel about it, I think it's Bozeman. It's like, okay, I've just sort of resigned myself to it. There's another, there's a French film called Two of Us, which is dealing with a very similar subject. And it's about, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's really the premise of the film, but like a lesbian couple, but they're like kind of in the closet. And I just cried and cried and cried through that one. Yeah, but both films, I think, are like really well done. They're just very heavy. Yeah, and it's funny. It's interesting because I have a history of i'm more drawn to i find actresses than actors often i don't know I, I don't know if i just like girls better than guys but i just i'm always looking at the best actress category and thinking like oh wow there's a few i mean he's so good so good and the actors are usually like i'm like eh, you know like oh this was good this was good but whatever but in a weird year for film i will feel i feel like between obviously mad respect for chadwick and i, I didn't think he was good in Rainey, but I, I don't know that i'd give it best best actor but you know, between Anthony and Stephen and Riz, just just those yeah, three I, right I there. Agree. I think... I'm like, wow, these were all deserving. Yeah, I would be really thrilled with any of those three winning. And none of I those three for, will. <laughs> uh, right, but <laughs> but you know, it's just it's just one of those things where in a weird weird year, I was like, wow, I'm actually kind of like invested in the best actor category. But yeah, I think I think it'll be Chadwick. Yeah, I think this was one of those films where I was like, yeah, I actually don't disagree with this because you know it was sort of an outlier mm-hmm. and it wasn't in a lot of the critics ones and i was like no i i'm actually i i'm okay with this yeah Um, it was quiet but really really powerful and yeah it's something that i think a lot of people could really be affected by just because you know we've got an anomaly here jackie who thankfully does not have this so far family history that she knows about with this which is great but i feel like it's kind of like it's not quite cancer but it's one of those things that touches way too many people yeah and it's dementia or some other kind of right and and in some cases you know it's also like our lifespans are much longer now which is great and so people who just hit a certain age and it's like yeah okay like things are starting to go a little bit we're kind of physically living longer than we're meant to maybe (laughs) quite possibly it is odd though because i feel like we're shifting into even though you know it's not actually I think part of it is the the hopefulness that comes from, you know, vaccines are rolling out. For me, mentally, I'm shifting from way far. For, this was this was definitely awards bait and like the, the pandemic just pushed, I think, the release to now. But I'm shifting to the stage where I'm like, I want summer films. I want like big, fun, whatever, ridiculous 
this is not you're what getting I would... your wish on this this coming week <laughs> yes i am yes i am so and honestly i sat through that dumb movie because i thought that's what we were going to be talking about yes and of course we we're talking we are we are alluding to Godzilla versus Kong. But yeah, so the reason the reason why I didn't watch the right movie this week is because I got it wrong and I thought we had to watch the other Godzilla movie. So I Jackie watched that and I and... we both messed up and we watched Godzilla. Yeah, Look, we can talk we about Godzilla King of the Monsters. And then I had a terrible. No, I mean it's not. It, it's really not worth talking no, about. No, I, I think did, we should. <laughs> I did watch it. I have a, I have and, um, yeah, I think we can talk <laughs> about it next week. And no, and, uh, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, and then I had a, a meeting with. Yes, and also you moved, so. and yeah, yeah, no, 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 no judgment. You have, re- you have reasons. I mean, I forgot, and I, I mean, I had a busy weekend, but I forgot to watch this until we texted, no. and I was like, oh crap, fine. But no, and I didn't move. Yeah, well, I helped move you, but I didn't move. And you did. You did. You were very helpful. Well, we shall reconvene with Godzilla versus Kong next week. But uh, thank you both for this week. Yes, of thank course. you. Thank you, as always, to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of follow-up points. The thing I was referencing, the sort of trending meme over the weekend when we recorded this, is White Boy Summer. And it is started by Chet Hanks, who is the son of Tom Hanks. And if you don't know who that is, well, I'm assuming you know who Tom Hanks is. But if you don't know who Chet Hanks is, you need to Google him right now and just see visually how different he looks from his father. Tom Hanks also has another son named Colin Hanks who looks much more like him. He's also an actor. Chet Hanks is a rapper, and I say that in aggressive quotes. Chet Hanks declared it a white boy summer. This is playing off of Megan Thee Stallion's declaring 2019 hot girl summer via her song. Chet Hanks did try and clarify white boy summer a little bit, and he said, take it how you want. I'm not talking about, like, Trump, you know, NASCAR type white. I'm talking about, you know, me. John B, Jack Harlow type white boy summer. You know what I mean? Let me know if you guys can vibe with that. Well, my answer is no, absolutely not. Cannot vibe with that. But that is what we were referencing. Hopefully, by the time you listen to us, it will be out of the cultural zeitgeist. As for the other film that Anthony Mackie starred in recently, that was called Outside the Wire. It's on Netflix. It's an action thriller. It's also about a military soldier and powers maybe and it's it's just sort of very similar in terms of action and being a role that is not super acting acting heavy and yet it is something that I found at least I struggled with his acting performance in. Matt referenced a character called Power Broker. Power Broker is not only a character there's also a corporation called Power Broker Inc. This does have to also do with the character called Dr. Carl Malice who Matt also referenced. Dr. Carl Malice did kill himself in Jessica Jones season two I believe is correct. It's yet to be determined whether or not that's going to play out in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and that's just sort of Matt optimistically thinking about things. And as for what Jackie brought up in terms of what Kevin Feige said about the Netflix TV universe and whether or not it could coexist, during the TCAs, which are for television critics, it's sort of an upfront, it's a way for shows and studios to uh, showcase what they have coming up for critics, and so they'll write about them in advance and hype them, etc., etc. During the TCAs, in reference to the Netflix shows and integrating them, he said, I think we probably could, when asked about the older Marvel TV stuff. There's always rumors online about things reverting. They're sometimes true, sometimes not. That's not an answer, but again, I don't think Feige weighs in on anything unless he, in his mind, knows the answer to it internally. Doesn't mean he will ever share it for us, but I, I, you know, that's at least that's my conjecture on it. As for the mantle or character of the White Wolf, 
Turns out the original character of the White Wolf doesn't have a name, which is why Matt couldn't remember it. He's adopted as a baby by King T'Chaka because he was abandoned and is given the name Hunter, but they didn't know his name. For the father, the British pronunciation of Anthony Hopkins is Anthony, and if you are American, the pronunciation is apparently Anthony. Up to you, which you prefer. We're going to be fancy here and call him Sir Anthony Hopkins. And Olivia Coleman is indeed nominated for Best Supporting Actress in the Academy Awards for this year. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing. <laughs>